0: All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth but she gave out of her poverty putting in all she had to live on Amen I want to preach when giving is challenging when giving is challenging Lord bless your word bless your preacher give us ears to hear Your words, my mouth, in Jesus' name, amen. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all record the life, times, and ministry of our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As an ordained Baptist preacher who strives to be biblically literate and spiritually mature, I have a great appreciation for each unique depiction and portrayal of Jesus's life, times, and ministry. Matthew, as many of us are aware, records Jesus as a Jewish Messiah. Mark, The shortest of the four Gospels records the rapid pace of Jesus' commitment to the kingdom of God. Luke, the Gospel that we have immersed ourselves in since the first Wednesday and Sunday in March, describes Jesus as one who is inclusive of the Gentiles. John, considered the maverick gospel, is unique because John is speaking to a Hellenistic Greco-Roman audience. I have an appreciation for all four unique portrayals of our life and Savior, of the life and Savior of our Lord Jesus Christ. While I have a great appreciation for all four portrayals, the life, times, and ministry of Jesus, I have an affinity for the gospel of Luke more than any other gospel. I appreciate Luke for multiple reasons, yet I have a great appreciation for Luke because Luke includes people like me. Luke chooses, describes Jesus as a Savior who chooses and uses different kinds and types of people to advance the kingdom of God. According to Luke's Gospel Watch Chapel, Jesus chooses and uses the least, the lost, the left behind. Jesus chooses and uses the unusual, the unlikely, and the underdogs. Jesus chooses the improbable, the implausible, the unknown, and underrepresented. According to Luke's gospel, Jesus chooses people who are not the most likely but the most unlikely to be used for the glory of God to advance the kingdom of God. I don't know your story or the story of your family, but according to Luke's gospel, Jesus chooses people like me who didn't graduate at the top of their class, who were not the most likely to succeed, who were not born with silver spoons in their mouth, who yet by the grace of Almighty God are saved, sanctified, and being used for the glory of God. I wish I had some help this morning. According to this particular New Testament text, once again, Jesus has chosen to use someone not who is likely but who is unlikely to teach a significant lesson about spirituality, generosity, and graciousness in giving. According to the text, Jesus is in worship on the Sabbath day, participating in the worship experience. If you allow me to pause parenthetically, Watch Chapel, the presence of Jesus in the synagogue on the Sabbath day ought to be an encouragement to you and I. While we have been three and a half years in a pandemic, the worship experience is back open. We are here every Sunday, preach pastor. If we can go elsewhere, we ought to be able to come to God's house to worship God in spirit and in truth. Jesus Christ, our Savior, was in the place of worship on the day of worship. And this ought to be a challenging encouragement for those of us who are still inconsistent and skipping the Lord's worship on the Lord's day. If we can go to Dreamville, we can come to church. If we can travel to the Caribbean, we ought to come to church. If we can watch TV, y'all ain't talking to me, we can come to church. If we can go elsewhere, we can come to church. The presence of our Savior and Lord in worship on the Sabbath day ought to be a convicting encouragement for you and I to be participatory and present on the Lord's day. Jesus is in worship. And while Jesus is in worship on the Sabbath day watch chapel, the text says that Jesus is paying attention to who is doing what. Jesus is paying attention, watch, chapel, to who is participatory, who is there, who is worshipful, who ain't worshipful, who ain't showing up, who press their way. Jesus pays attention. and According to the text, while Jesus is paying attention, Jesus notice a major contrast in this worship experience. They are those who are middle class and upper middle class who are giving out of their prosperity and wealth, giving ain't A challenge for them. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't require them to stretch. Doesn't require them to balance their checkbook. Or to go online to see if things are going to match up. Yet, while they are giving out of their wealth and prosperity, there's a Poor widow woman who comes not with two pennies in American currency, but two mites that are less than the worth and value of a penny who gives her all to the temple treasury. For this woman Giving was a challenge. She's poor. She's a widow. She lives in a culture watch chapel where women are at best secondary, if not tertiary citizens, has no man as a means of support, (coughs) don't know if she has male children, who are going to rise to the occasion and take care of mama, may have daughters who are in the same circumstance. Yet this woman is in worship on the Lord's day. Not just worshiping, but living an open-handed life. And God is using her example as an example to you and I concerning giving and our responsibility to be open-handed and to trust God in the midst of challenging circumstances. Can I preach this, Watch Chapel? For many of us, giving is not really a challenge like it was for this woman. Giving might be a challenge because we don't manage well what God has given us. Giving might be a challenge because we try to rob Peter to pay Paul. Giving might be a challenge, watch chapel, because we're trying to impress the Joneses. Giving might be a challenge because we ain't acting our age or our wage Giving might be a challenge because we ain't realistic about how to manage the money God has entrusted to us. But for this woman, giving was a challenge circumstantially. Poor widow woman, things ain't in her favor. She doesn't have a 401k or 403b, yet she gives to God. She doesn't have a regular, reliable source of income, yet she is open handed. She doesn't have a two income household, yet she is giving to God. She doesn't have equity in her house that she can tap into. Yet she is giving to God. She doesn't have discretionary income that she can use for her annual girls trip to Essence Fest or the Caribbean. Yet she is giving to God. Watch that, but her giving to God is exemplary and extraordinary because, preach this pastor, she ain't dealing with self-imposed challenges like we have, yet this woman is giving to the glory of Almighty God. Watch that, while well, I preach this message to encourage all of us who have been saved by the blood, filled with the Holy Spirit, and hear this word to rise to the occasion of overcoming challenges to our giving. Our giving, Watch Chapel, ought to glorify Almighty God. Our giving ought not embarrass God. Help me preach this, Pastor. Our giving ought to glorify Almighty God. And if the truth be known, sometimes our giving does not always glorify Almighty God. When we give off the bottom. But don't give off the top. Our giving ain't glorifying God. When we give God leftovers, but not give God the first fruits, our giving ain't glorifying God. When we pay the mortgage, pay Sally Mae, pay for cable, pay for everything else, but put God at the bottom of the list, When God takes care of us so we might have a mortgage, have a college degree, have a automobile, but put God last, our giving does not glorify God. When we make, try to be sanctified unrighteous excuses, that's in the Old Testament. It don't mean today what it meant then. I just can't see it. Give it all my money to the preacher. Never to God, never to the church, but to the preacher. But look at other areas of our lives and how we have played every lottery game and financial scheme and hustle, yet have multiple excuses when it comes to giving to God and the house of God to support the work of ministry that blesses our lives. Our giving ought to glorify Almighty God. Preach, pastor. You're talking good, man. How does this woman's giving glorify Almighty God? I'm glad you asked. This woman's giving glorifies God because this woman gives completely. According to this text, Watch Chapel, this woman has given two mites that uh, have less value than our penny in American currency. Now, God is not asking, hear me, quote me accurately, everyone to give the totality of what you have in your bank account, what you have in your wallet. This is an extraordinary example of a woman who has given all. God does not ask you and I to give all. God asks you and I to give 10% out of 100% that God entrusts unto us. God says, give me a dime out of every dollar. Give me $10 out of every $100. Give me $100 out of every 1000 Amen, somebody. God is not asking for all. But this woman, hear me, Watch Chapel, has given completely. What do you mean, preacher? This woman has no problem giving these two mites to God because she has already given the entirety of herself to God. We do not belong to ourselves. Kirk Franklin had it right. We are God's property. We belong to God. Can I preach this? God is the shepherd. We are the sheep. God is the potter. We are the clay. God is our leader. We are followers. God is our heavenly father or parent. We are his children. We belong to God. Last name Jackson Washington White Brown, but you belong to God. Mom and daddy nurtured you, raised you, but more than likely they brought you to your church and offered you back to God. We belong to God. We are God's property. Let me help somebody. If we see ourselves as belonging to God, what God gives to us ain't ours, but it belongs to God. Problem, Watchtaple, is we use those personal pronouns too much. I dare somebody on this Sunday morning to change it up. Switch the equation. Not mine, but no, that's the woman God gave me. That's, that's the man God gave me. These are the children God gave me. That's the degree God gave me. That's the house God gave me. That's the job God gave me. That's the hands God gave me. The feet God gave me. Not me, mine, I, but God's. Until we switch the equation for me, mine, I personal possessive pronouns that make us selfish, make us small, make us tenancy. We'll never give ourselves completely to God. This woman has no problem giving these two might because she has already given herself to God. Until we realize we are God's property, we'll always have a problem opening our hand. Always going to have a problem giving God 10%. Always going to have a problem giving a love offering because instead of it belonging to God, Me, mine, gives her self to God completely. But I can't stop right there. Her giving glorifies God because she has given completely. But her giving glorifies God because she is giving cheerfully. Preach, pastor. Our giving to God ought to be cheerful. It ain't always the amount. It's the attitude. Come on, preach, pastor. Nobody here gives the same thing. 10% for everybody in here is different. For somebody 10% it's $10, for somebody 10% is $50, for somebody 10% is $100, for somebody 10% is 500, it's 1000, for somebody it's 2000, for somebody it's 10000. 10% for everybody is different, but what we can control is the attitude by which we give to God. Go on, preach, pastor. I'm trying the best I can. It ain't always about the amount. God never asks everybody to give the same because everybody makes a different income. But God does ask for everybody to have a cheerful, pleasant disposition of gratitude as we give. This woman is giving cheerfully. How she give cheerfully? poor broke widow yet woman is giving cheerfully can I preach this she, she's giving cheerfully because she ain't looking at what she don't have but she's looking at what she does have And looking at what God has done for her along the journey. I dare everybody to look at what you have in comparison to what you don't have. The devil is a master psychologist who makes us jealous, envious. And competitive because the devil is always gonna highlight somebody who got more than you and unless we are spiritually minded and mature we hate on people who got a nickel more than us a dime more than us a penny more than us instead of being grateful for what God has done for us and what we have uh, I must be talking good this morning, but I dare somebody on this Sunday morning who has come to worship God, amen, to be grateful not for what you don't have, but to be grateful for what you do have. Consequently, you can give cheerfully when you focus on what you got and what you don't have. Do I have a witness in here? Can I challenge somebody to look at where God has brought you from? Can I challenge somebody to look at how God has blessed you, how God has kept you, how God has provided for you? Don't look at your neighbor. Look at what God has done for you. Don't look at the Joneses. Look at what God has done for you. Don't look at them. Look at what God has done for you. Maybe she's cheerful because she's focused on what God has done for her. But maybe she's cheerful, Dr. White, because she's in worship. Maybe we give cheerfully because she's in worship. She's poor. She's a widow, but she's still coming to worship. And while she's in worship, God does something to her attitude. God does something to her disposition. God does something to challenge her sense of gratitude. Consequently, she is giving to God. Though she has little, she's giving with a great attitude, cheerfully, because of where she is and because of what she's focused on. Giving that glorifies God in spite of the challenges ought to be giving that's complete. It ought to be giving that's cheerful. But we ought to give like this woman confidently. Confidence is nothing but a synonym for faith. We like to use holy words, but I got to make it plain because sometimes we will hide behind a holy word as if confidence and faith are disparate, different. No, same thing. Our giving to God ought to be grounded in our confidence in God. Go on, say it, Pastor. Our giving to God ought to be grounded and rooted in our confidence in God. Can I preach this? This woman has minimal, gives God everything that she has because this woman believes that God will keep on providing. Can I preach this? Woman doesn't know where her next meal is coming from, but the woman believes that God's going to keep on blessing woman is open-handed because she believes that God is faithful and God if he did it yesterday is gonna keep on blessing keep on making ways keep on providing keep on doing the miraculous let me bless somebody right now I'm gonna make you mad but I'm gonna bless you in the process you didn't wake yourself up God did you don't provide for yourself God does You don't pay your own bills, God does. You didn't get you the job, God did. You didn't open the door for you, God did. And I dare somebody to ground and root your faith and confidence in God. Can I preach this? I dare somebody to stop placing confidence in yourself, but place your confidence in God. Does anybody know God is good? God is great. God is a provider. God is a way maker. Yes, he is. How many of us know God is faithful? I'm done. I'm done. Well, let, me, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Stop saying you don't have enough faith. That's a lie from the devil. Stop saying that. You got enough faith to get in the car and turn the ignition. You don't know what they did at the Lexus plant, the Toyota plant, the Hyundai plant. You got enough faith to come to a church and sit in pews and trust they not going to fall. You got enough faith to get on an airplane fly to Dubai fly to the Caribbean fly to Europe fly to Australia and trust by the grace of God you're gonna to get to and from your destination and now you got you don't have enough faith to trust God with the income he has entrusted unto you stop saying it. I and I'm I'm just gonna go here amen don't get mad, but if, you, if you're going to get mad, just laugh. You had enough foolish faith back in the day. Some of y'all looking like say, don't go there now. Had enough foolish faith to come, ain't nobody talking to me. To get in a car with somebody you didn't know. to drink some stuff you ain't seen where it's poured from, to smoke some. Now here's the shout and you still here. You alive. You
1: saved on Sunday morning.
0: If you're able, stand to your feet. There's somebody right now, my sister, my brother. You're not saved. You want to come to accept Jesus as your Savior and Lord. You want to accept Jesus as your Savior and Lord this morning. I want you to come from wherever you are. You need a Savior. You're not saved. You don't understand salvation. You need a Savior. I want you to come from wherever you are. You're saved, but you don't have a church home. This is for Christian discipleship. This is for church membership. You want to become a member of Watch Chapel. Come on, my sister, come on, my brother. You need a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. We ain't doing no $1,000 lines, $500 lines, $250. We ain't doing that. We. We believe in tithes and offerings. We ain't cutting no goats, chickens, fish. No ribs, no slabs, no. My sister, my brother, you need a church home. You need a church family. I want you to come from wherever you are today. Unite with watch. But Lord, in Jesus' name, bring some man, some woman who needs a church home, some man, some woman who needs a savior. Touch their heart now. Let the seed of the word be sown. In Jesus' name, amen. My sister, my brother, come from wherever you are. Raise your hand, come from wherever you are. You need a church home. You need a savior. Come on down the aisle, amen. Somebody's coming right now. Look at God, see. God's moving. God's working. There may be somebody else. My sister, my brother, you come from wherever you are right now. My sister, my brother, come. Y'all can have a seat right there. Amen. My sister, my brother, come from wherever you are. You need a church home, you need a savior. Watch Chapel, I want us to be evangelists this morning. Look at your neighbor. They can see you smile through the mask. Ask your neighbor, do you want to accept Jesus? Do you want to unite with Watch Chapel? Just ask them. They're not going to bite you. All they can say is no. Amen. I want you to be seated now. I've got a few things. I want to challenge every member of Watch Chapel, this is the fourth Sunday in April, I want to challenge, I want everybody to respond to a 90-day challenge of tithing. Holy Spirit, just place this on my heart now. I want every member of Watch Chapel who's not yet a faithful tither or giver to trust God and try God for 90 days trust and try God for 90 days you can begin on the first probably most people get paid on next weekend somehow some configuration amen fifth five weekends this month amen so 90 days we're gonna trust and try God and God is faithful Most generous people I know never have financial problems. Now, hear me. You got to balance your checkbook. You got to be wise. But a part of Christian money management is generosity and giving. This ain't Susie Orman. Amen. This ain't even some of Dave Ramsey. Some of us. We believe in faithful tithing and giving. Be a good manager of what God has entrusted unto you. And after 90 days, I believe God's going to show you that God is even more faithful than you realize. I'm going to say this one more thing. And then we have a demonstration that we want everybody to see because sometimes we need, I'm a visual learner. Amen. Sometimes you got to see it. Amen. We tithe based on gratitude, not guilt, not shame, not condemnation. I want you to give to God because God has been good to you. Don't say, I'm giving to God because pastor don't. No. I dare you to look at how good God has been to you over the journey of your life. And if God ain't been good to you, don't give. If you can look and say, God has not been good to me. If you can look and say, I've not experienced God as a miracle worker, a prayer answerer, a provider, a door opener, don't give. But I dare you look at every instance, season, decade, year in your life. Over these 90 days, I want you to write a gratitude journal. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Write down 10 things a day that you're grateful for. You're going to get this information this week because the Holy Spirit's still speaking to me. And at the end of these 90 days, you should have 900 things that you're grateful for. And you match up your gratitude and your giving to God and say, God, you've been faithful. Amen amen we have a visual demonstration that brother Davis and Deacon McCafferty are going to help us with amen we've not done this in a few years but this visual demonstration is a visual demonstration of how good God is to us and the concept of tithing amen on one table they are 10 Nike shoe boxes. Amen. They are 10 Amazon packages that <laughs> They are 10 Starbucks cups. What's from Logan's? Ten takeout meals from Logan's Roadhouse and 10 purses. Ten pictures. Ten paychecks. So this represents what God gives us. Some of us got some Nikes. Probably a chunk of us shop at Amazon. Everybody gets a paycheck. Sisters got ten purses per sister. Starbucks. Logan's. Amen. So this watch table represents the table of God. Amen. This is what God gives us. And what God is asking us, pay attention, saints, is for 10%. So Brother Davis, pass Brother Curtis one Nike box. Those are the J's. Amen. Pass one paycheck, Brother Davis. pass pass the big Amazon box, pass one purse, pass one Logan's takeout, pass one Starbucks. Saints, I want you to look at God's table. I want you to look at God's table right here to the right and look at our table. This is what God is asking for. A dime out of every dollar. $10 out of every 100. 250 out of every 2500. This is what God is asking for. And look at how much God gives us. So I'm challenging every member over the next 90 days, beginning on May 1st. May 1st. I want you to write down 10 things you're grateful for every day, and I want you to trust God with 10% of what God entrusts unto you. Amen? Praise God. We're about to say the benediction. Saints, remember, 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. worship, amen. We are back at it, amen. Teen Talk begins today. 10.30 a.m. worship for middle and high school students. Teen Talk, Minister Richard Harris, stand up, brother. Minister Richard, amen. Children and youth leader, amen. Teen Talk today at 10.30 in the multi-purpose room. Watts Night at the Movies. Church is going to see Big George Foreman this upcoming Wednesday. Spring Revival starts May 3rd. My friend, Reverend Dr. Vernon Walton, First Baptist Church of the Inner Virginia. The first Wednesday in May will be our preacher. Mental Health Mondays. Every Monday in the month of May, virtual, we're going to help everybody get our minds right. Amen. And on May 20th, our Global 6K Run Walk for Water, we need everybody Watch Chapel to show up, participate in large numbers, register through the upcoming events webpage to join Team Watch Chapel, sponsor a team member, or volunteer to assist. Thank you for your support. Stand to our feet.. Watch chapel. while I'm introducing to you the Patrick family who comes to us today on their Christian experience. Let's give the Lord a hand praise for our new family members. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Coming on Christian discipleship. Amen. you could follow Sister McDowell out, amen. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest rule and abide with us until we shall meet again. People of God, say amen, amen, amen.